Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. You're listening to Technori Live from WGN Radio, where the startups and entrepreneurs come to share their story. Joining me today in our recap episode, uh, I believe we've got a Northwestern basketball game coming up uh, next week, so this is our final broadcast of 2017. I brought in my team guys here, uh, Sean Freilich and Sam Fisker's Fisk, to... Uh, is that is that no good? I mean, you could have started with Fisk and then gone to the joke of Fiskers, but uh, oh no 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 no! You start you start where your heart's at, and Fiskers is a kitty cat that you guys have, and that's not even the cat's name, but I've I've affectionately dubbed it that, and now 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 you're Fiskers too. So, uh, regardless, these are my producers at uh, at Technori, or at least two of them, and I kind of want to start off with. You know, some of the big things that were stories, that, I guess you'd say the, the things that were stories that were in 2017 and the things that maybe were stories that weren't. Um, a couple of things that I'm going to cover for everybody, and and I think it's pretty impossible to skip. Bitcoin and crypto uh, is, is all over the place, uh, literally and figuratively. So we're going to start off, I think, uh, one, I'm going to ask you guys, what are your favorite stories uh, You know, from the year and things that you learned about? I think the stories that stand to mind uh, for me is equity crowdfunding uh, it got a lot of play and buzz in the news early in the year, and then it sort of it didn't fizzle to us. It, it was exceptionally well-performing, um, but it didn't get uh, a lot of play throughout the year. So we're going to talk a little bit about how that has changed and impact things. Um, we really can't go through 2017 without talking about outcome health, unfortunately. Um, there's some things that we can chat about, and then there's some things that also I think are just impacts. And, and I've gotten a lot of questions from people who aren't in the startup community who said, uh, is is what happened with Outcome Health going to negatively impact Chicago? So we'll talk a little bit about that. Then we will get into the crypto kind of stuff and ICO, what that is, how it works, why it's such a big deal, uh, where things are going. <clears throat> but without further ado, guys, I want to kick it to you guys and ask, what, what are some of the things other than what I mentioned that, that stand out? I'll, I'll go to Sean first. I think one of the good stories for local Chicago news is I want to give a shout out to Reverb. Oh that's a God. way to bring ourselves into the conversation, too, because I think that was the best showcase that we did this year was yeah. the music in tech showcase because there's so much more innovation and bringing in the old. I love their they just. I think they just went public with their website, the yep. the Reverb LP, where you can yep. buy some records, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm starting to get into again as record playing. So uh, that's one of my favorites. And I also love with Reverb, I love the videos that they put out. If you haven't checked it out, Reverb.com, David Colt, the CEO, he sold uh, several businesses for hundreds of millions of dollars, billion dollars, I believe, in one of the cases. Uh, but at any rate, he... Um, it's just cool. Like you don't see companies that, that spend so much on like the media side of it that aren't in the media business, and they're one that does. I mean, they've got bands, they have concerts at Reverb.com's headquarters. It's awesome. So, good call on the on the Reverb one. That was a good one. Yeah, and like in terms of uh, corporate company culture, I think they show a positive impact on it. And then on the flip side, you know, we had the whole outpouring of sexual harassment allegations coming to the forefront, and that fell into the startup world with Uber taking the big fall that they took this year. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, light will uh, push out the darkness that's there and <laughs> can start those guys can start cleaning up. Yeah, you know, it's industry. it's so crazy. Like Uber Yeah, I mean, you think about it, it, it feels like it's just been such a long journey down from Uber. Like it doesn't feel like it all was this year and yet you're right. It was all this year that all this stuff came out and I guess it also shows you though uh, that with enough money, you can stay afloat and deal with, handle these problems. Like I feel like in the past, something like this would come up and the company would be done. Oh, and you have enough money to shut up hackers. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> can't forget about that story, too. Yeah. How, holy cow. Yeah. Uber has had a rough one <laughs> this year. CEO out, board changes, investments, hackers. They lied about it. Tons of stuff. Um, I want to kick to you, Sam. What do you got? Well, first of all, Uber persists. 
Yeah. They're still doing just fine. That's the craziest yeah. part, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, back to what I was saying, uh, you mentioned equity crowdfunding. I, I think right when we started in January 2017, we had the equity crowdfunding showcase mm-hmm. with Republic. Um, and I think there's a theme there where it was a packed showcase. Yep. And it's because there's a much bigger pool of people that are interested and can invest in these companies. Yeah. And I think that's the same kind of line of thought that's going to go with these cryptocurrencies because such a deeper, bigger pool of people can get into investment. That's the key. You know, I guess if I were to take a positive, you know, I always, not just me, but I think media people in general also always focus on the negative because it's just makes it more exciting. Stories just tend to be crazier. Um, But I think that with, uh, with regard to the positives, one of the coolest things about 2017, you mentioned equity crowdfunding, also crypto, is it democratizes investing. Previously, uh, whether you're starting a company or investing in one, it's been pretty much reserved for like the wealthiest 3%, and that's usually bald white men. And now you've got the ability for anyone to start a company because they can, they can get that startup, you know, startup funds that they need to get rolling by equity crowdfunding or selling an ICO. Uh, and you can let anyone invest, whether they're a millionaire or they only have a, you know, $100 in the pocket. If they only have a hundred dollars in the pocket, they probably should hold on to the hundred dollars in their pocket. But uh, and you know the other thing is cool. Speaking of democratizing, is what what crypto does as does equity crowdfunding. And we found this out when you mentioned Sam the stage because we had half the companies on stage were minority and or female founder led uh, during that that showcase. So uh, you know I, I look at you know the fact that they raised somewhere on $16,000 that day during that hour and a half showcase and then they went on and raised about 480,000 between the four companies over the next 45 days it's pretty powerful if you'd ask a female founder minority founder who traditionally don't have access to capital could they raise that much money in that amount of time no way so yeah very cool and i think we'll hopefully touch on about what it means for a startup to to be okay with giving up a little piece of yeah. that equity because I know that that's often like a, a hot button issue for yeah. young startups who are like th- this is this is our company. Like, yeah, well, we, we will get stuff. to that. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back and and sort of kick on some of these some of these stories and some of the things you guys personally might have learned along the way here. So, uh, thank you for listening in. This is WGN AM seven twenty, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host Scott Katoon. This is Technory Live from WGN Radio. I've got my uh, my affectionately call my goons. I got my two producers here uh sam fisk and sean Freilich. hey yeah thanks for having me thanks for having me well of course why why would we not want to have you guys uh so you know we were just kind of talking a little bit about um well all of 2017 but sam brought up something before we took the break that i thought is actually really interesting because for those of you listening who are entrepreneurs or maybe i should say who are not entrepreneurs you maybe won't understand the the battle the internal battle that is uh, trying to decide if I want to take money or I want to give up equity, I want to do debt, like whatever the case is. And I think that's one of the things that I found this this year in particular. Maybe, and I don't even really know why, but it stood out to me, is that we have a show where we interview hundreds of founders. And every one of them is would say, we're raising money, we're raising money, everyone wants to raise money. And in reality, I, I've always come from the standpoint of like, you don't raise money unless you absolutely have to. Like if there's a reason that you like raising is going to make this big difference, it's not just about money. And I always thought, cause like, I want to own this whole thing. Like this is my, my, my thing. And it's funny to me how many founders are so like, they love to yell about how they're trying to raise capital. But then when you try to negotiate with them, like they don't want to give up any equity and you're like, 
you, you, it's one you, it's, you, it's one or the other which is nice with equity crowdfunding stuff is that you can you can carve out a tiny amount and it's it's like not as big a deal but what what are some of the things you guys have noticed when it comes to uh dealing with founders and and just sort of the, the, the conversations that you've observed on yeah, i mean it, it reminds me of people like holding on to something that maybe isn't as important or relevant yeah. as it used to be it's like this sacred like tradition almost like this is your company you, you want to own of course you want to own as much of it as as possible yeah. uh but i mean we're these like the the jobs act and it's title three right yep like it's well, title up, three is a part, portion of the jobs portion Act. Of yeah. it. but it it's it's giving you access to a way of raising capital that you never had before yeah and it kind of requires you to i think, think like it empowers you yeah and it you should rethink about mm. what's valuable really when it comes to building this company if giving up a little bit of that equity allows you to make the company go from a failure to a success why why are you not doing and it? stakeholders give you a, a higher degree of accountability right like oh, if, yeah. you, if there's people that are bought into your product or your company or your service you got to step back and say well you have to take them in mind when you consider what you're going to do with your company and that's what we've had to do too is like take a read and a pulse of what's going on around us with other founders and other people of interest to consider how we're going to shape ourselves so yeah. i think that's another great reason to get a little of your equity up yeah it's funny i, I get into arguments with people all the time about this the, the like i always it, I, it always ends up going back to this line of what is 100 percent of nothing and one of the things that kind of baffles me sometimes is <clears throat> you know we, we work with startups i have equity in a handful of companies and it's I, i'm trying to help them and it, and you don't have money Okay, so you don't have a product because you don't have money and you don't have money to give me and you don't like you don't have anything to give to give anyone back. Like you, you can't you're not gonna get help and grow and, and get things from people without compensation. And it's just funny to me how sometimes the founders are like holding on to this whole thing. It's like I wanna build a, a board of advisors who can help move my company along, which is one of the reasons that I, I keep saying that the that equity crowdfunding play empowers empowers founders because you're essentially you're marketing and making hundreds of, of advocates for your company. And you know, like you said, you have to give up a little bit of equity, but I mean, holy cow, totally worth it. Um, <clears throat> on to the next kind of thing that we had uh, come through here, it was like a wind tunnel, was outcome health. And the only reason I bring it up now is uh, the, the, the news that broke yesterday, I think Chicago Inno covered it, or maybe it was Cranes, I can't remember, uh, about the fact that Outcome Tower yeah. is not Outcome Tower anymore. So they had this tower that they, you know, if you guys aren't familiar, Outcome Health has had kind of a, uh, not kind of, an awful couple months here uh, after the uh, Wall Street Journal story came out saying that they were, they were fudging numbers of, of the ad revenue and of the number of impressions that their ads were getting in doctor's offices and so forth. And since then, subpoenas have been drawn, investigations have started up. Uh, Alphabet and Goldman Sachs and Pritzker Group are suing them for $250 million or whatever uh, to get their money back, which is unheard of uh, in the investment game because obviously that, you know, if you if the investors sue the company for their money back, that means you don't have any money, which means you usually go out of business. Um, so they're they're in like, flux well literally the week before this article came out rishi shaw the, the founder co-founder and ceo was shaking hands with rahm Emanuel, cutting the tape on outcome tower where they're going to put hundreds of of new employees and now they've just officially yesterday backed out of the deal yeah so uh, you know it's sad because rishi was on our stage at technorium and he's he's pitched um for all intents and purposes, I've liked him and never had any issues and found him to be a stand-up guy. But obviously, there's some stuff going on there that you know we really have no idea. But it's 
it it's sad for Chicago because it was one of those stories that we were able to say like, look, you know, we had a homegrown uh, Northwestern kids start a company, grew it to a billion dollars, no money taken in, then they raised a half a billion dollars from the biggest players in the game, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and now here it's all un- un- unraveling in front of us. And I'll, I'll add that I, it, I think it's a shame that we're, we're probably not going to understand the full story of this for a long time. I mean, the, lit- the litigation alone, the suing getting the money back, like, it's going to be a long time before we find out why did yeah. they do this? Like, who did this? I mean, I, 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 have, I have my own personal opinion this isn't based on anybody's knowledge or this is just me deconstructing a business problem you know i i look in and see um you know just thinking like a founder if i'm a founder of a company i see this opportunity i think that this can happen and you start building your company and it starts working and you're like all right i just in order for this to succeed i've got to get all these pieces of hardware into all these doctors offices and we'll just turn on the ads and we're just we're just gonna just push it and then your assumption is we gave away all the hardware so it's going to work and these people are going to resign. They're going to sign up for the product because we're, we're it's going to work, right? Because we're founders and we're just like so excited it's going to work. Well then, I think somewhere along the line, this is just my again, totally my opinion. Somewhere along the line, I think they recognized that there is a problem and that the resigning is not going to happen the way that they thought it was. And that was the the instigator to them to go raise capital. It's like, "All right, we're going to figure this out." We're going to go raise a half a billion, which is funny. Uh, and then we're going to re-engineer our problem and fix it. And no one's going to be the wiser. And you know what? If it would have worked, it would have worked. But it didn't. And somebody you know, called BS on it, and now here we are. But I really do think, like, I think they raised that money for the purpose of spending it to, to find, find the solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might have been. I mean, when you frame it that way, it sounds sure. like kind of an innocent thing to do in some ways because they had their vision and they were on their way to achieving that and then things don't go exactly as they plan so maybe you just fudge a few numbers and no one's going to notice well, and that's that's <laughs> so we've got we've we got a caller question uh camille are you going to patch him in or is it just read it go ahead and patch him in hey tom how you doing yeah I, I could be patched in or you could read it either way no no tell, tell us what's your question no, I'm, I'm really, as somebody who's been involved in high tech since before the internet, believe it or not, <laughs> I do you think this is going to diminish the, the tech reputation that we seem to be slowly building nationally, and that you have this big flaming or shooting star, and we're not sure whether it's going to flame, <laughs> flame out yeah, or whether star. it's going to glow brightly? So, so are you? Are I mean? So, is the main question is like, how is this going to impact the tech community? Do you think it's going to hurt it? Right, right. Because we, we locally, we don't have to worry about our reputation. Yep. But nationally, you know, it's the West Coast. It's MIT. I mean, you know, we yeah. can talk about that forever. Austin, you know, and that's the thing that concerns me because I was down in Champaign when we thought we were going to be the Silicon Prairie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Tom, I, I'll tell you, I think there's no doubt that this impacts us negatively. I mean, there's no doubt that, you know, we were running around saying, look, I mean, we had pictures of the mayor standing with, with Rishi cutting tape on a big new building and talking about the skyscrapers that were filling with, you know, new employees. There's no doubt that the people are going to look and go, is this just another Chicago politics? It's corruption. That's what it looks like. And we already have that kind of smudge on the city. The only thing I can say, and I, again, I try to look at like the bright side. The one thing that I will say about it is, regardless of what was going on in Outcome Tower, um, there were 
there was a community here that was strong enough to support the growth from zero to a billion dollar company without raising any money and that when money was needed they were able to go out and find some of the biggest investors in the world to put money in chicago so i mean yes it doesn't look good for anybody but i think it does tell that we've more about where we've come to or how far we've we've come because in the past you wouldn't be hearing alphabet and goldman sachs obviously you'd hear pritzker group because they're local but you wouldn't be hearing those companies investing in chicago companies and definitely not to the tune of a half a billion dollars so uh you know so i think there's i try to take away the best parts of it i guess well, I just I, the, the beauty of your show is that you've got your fingers in so many other kind of what I would call the little stuff behind the scenes, yeah. and and you get and you have a sense of momentums or mem, whatever the plural of momentum is, yeah. momentum moving you know, forward <laughs> sideways, and so that I think it's important for you to continue with that because you're one of those voices that we need to have out there, and it's nice that GN has given you an hour a week. I appreciate that. And I appreciate GN giving us an hour a week. Tom, thank you so much for calling in. Take care. Yep, take care. No, guys, I think Tom brought up a good point. And that's one of the things that this this year has been awesome for Chicago Tech. We raised almost $90 million just a month, like last month. Yeah, but on the national level, you don't really see that. No. It's, it's outshined by a lot of really negative stories. Yeah. Uh, and I think one bright side of the outcome debacle is that look how far they got. Yeah. They got really far, yeah. and they did really well, but they got and, and let's to the let's dark be fair. Also, they're not gone yet, right? You know, and I mean, here speaking of gone, Theranos just raised a hundred yep. million dollars in debt from a group that was acquired by SoftBank. If Theranos can, right. can still be in the game after literally giving people false false lab results, hey, what's a few ads, right? You know, so uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit and pivot pivot as the key word here in startups towards the fintech crypto conversation because after our, our break here um i think there's some interesting opportunities for chicago to again continue its its growth and and and, and popularity outside of just local so uh we are going to take a quick break here and then we'll be back welcome back to the startup showcase i'm your host scott katoon this is tech nori live from wgn radio where chicago's top tech founders and entrepreneurs come to share their stories sitting next to me my producers sean Freilich and sam fisk uh, we have been talking a little bit about what's been going on in 2017. We just got off of uh, Outcome Health and uh, their uh, fall from grace. Shall you say, Sam? You said you had a question that you wanted to ask about. Yeah, Outcome well, Health. the last caller kind of raised a little bell in my head. You know, as part of like, did the he fallout, raise it or did he ring it? Yeah, ring it. He, he rang it. <laughs> he he rose, rose it. Scott, and rang it. Scott, right. the metaphor police. <laughs> anyway, do you think that Outcome? Uh, has an impact on startups taking risks. Obviously, this wasn't yeah. didn't turn out to be a good risk that they took. <laughs> yeah, but there's the thing about taking the, a risk to make your yeah. your business better. In well, the first place. you know, the saying has been around for a long time: "Fake it till you make it." And it sounds like some people took that literally. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, you look at this, and I, I think. I have, like I said, I literally have no real inside information to tell what happened there, and I'm not even going to use outcome as an example, but uh, there's a bunch of companies that you, like, this sounds unethical, this doesn't sound right, and, you know, by all means, it's probably a systemic problem, but I think you have to simulate what you think you're building. Like, I tell founders this all the time, like, don't spend a ton of money trying to build the full product, you got to simulate it. So if I think that like the end game product is that you're, this is how you're going to use my product or service down the road when we're ready, in the meantime, 
I'm going to give you like what I'm going to give you the first part and the second, and then I'm going to kind of simulate manufacture the outcome to make it happen. And I think you have to do that in order to properly scale a company and responsibly raise money. And, and are there times that that is going to go backfire on you? Yeah. In fact, a ton of companies will sell their product without being ready and then they can't deliver and then they blow up and that's it. And you're like, wow, what a shame, what a waste, whatever, what a scam. And it's like, yeah, no, I mean, like, that's what, what were they supposed to do? It's baked into the pie, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just the risk you run when you do a startup. I, I agree. And I, I think when people freak out about it, it's like, you know, you know, like, what were they supposed to do? You know? Yeah. It's just, it only becomes an issue when they raise a hundred million dollars or more when you're, yeah. if you're like Theranos or outcome health. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's so, and then, and that, that's why I say like, there's a little bit of a systemic thing there. Where like, sometimes because you're a founder, like, let's be honest. I think most, most politicians, CEOs and entrepreneurs are somewhat, if not totally sociopathic, like they're all just a little off. And so, you can see how someone would try to would manufacture the the end product because they can because they're the leader they're the power and then all of a sudden things aren't going right and they just well let's just keep on doing that until you know until whenever and you feel like you can do whatever you want like you're kind of got the god syndrome going on and it happens a lot and i think that the only i think that they're going to keep doing it and you're going to have to keep doing it but i think when people mess up they got to be smacked down and that's all you can do is like yeah it's worth there's a risk there's got to be consequences mm-hmm. so interesting um as we spin forward here, uh, we've talked a little about the equity crowdfunding thing. I want to talk a little bit about uh, crypto and Bitcoin and, and just in general. And before we go spinning off into these crazy words and Ethereum and things that maybe you have or have not heard of, uh, feel free to call in. I'm not uh, by any stretch an expert to answer the questions, but I certainly will help you if you Well, the thing is, no one is, right? Yeah, that's the thing. So uh, if you if you want to call in, it's 312-981-7200. You can call in and ask us anything and we'll tell you literally anything. <laughs> Um, but I want to go to you guys first and, and, and ask what you guys are curious about uh, about the crypto world. Uh, and then I'm going to spend the show in the last half of the show or the last segment of the show on what I think is a huge promising opportunity for Chicago in particular as a result of this crypto. What, what are questions that you guys, I know you guys, Sam, you just bought Bitcoin for the first time, right? So Right. And I think I maybe follow on the average consumer side here because oh, I, yeah. I see, you see like an app like Coinbase and you realize that the barrier to entry is not what it was even four years ago when it was like, a, like no. just a different website. And but here, looks, you want to know the trick? It's like though? a nice, pretty packaging that makes you like, oh, I think I can put money in this. There is no doubt that the Coinbase, I guess, adoption is what's fueling, in my opinion, what's what has fueled the the rapid launch of bitcoin or i should say rapid growth of bitcoin over the last several months but here's the thing coinbase all it does it's the one it's not the only but it's one of the main ones that you can convert us dollars into bitcoin litecoin and ethereum and now bitcash and a few other things they'll add a few things to it but if you actually are those who are buying all the other cryptocurrencies ripple and all these there's literally like a, a thousand different currencies um you can't buy them on Coinbase. On Coinbase, you have to buy Coinbase to put your money in. Then you have to get something like Binance, and then Ledger that you take it off your computer so you can actually like store it and not get hacked and have your wallet ripped out like that one dude who lost like fifty million dollars. Which that'll happen, folks. Uh, but so like it's already complicated. Like I'm trying to explain this to you, and it's already complicated that like I put my U.S. dollars, my hard-earned dollars, into Coinbase. I then buy 
Bitcoin or Litecoin. I then go to Binance and I have that online as a website where I then convert my Litecoin to buy currencies like Ripple and other things that are trading at like $5 or $0.05. Cents. And then I store that the cryptocurrencies that I just bought on Ledger, which is downloaded on my, it's actually on my computer so that people can't just come in and, and, and rip me off. That's a lot for the average Joe to like get involved, I feel like. I think this is maybe one of the the more like monumental like shifts in like maybe how society is going to work. Yeah. Especially like for my generation, just it, it's been amazing to me to watch uh, something like Bitcoin grow the way it has. Yep. Cause I mean, like you said, there are a lot of other cryptocurrencies. I mean, I had friends that, you know, would used to, to mind Dogecoin, you know, you remember <laughs> yeah, Doge, yeah. like the popular meme, like there, there's a thing it's called, it's called Dogecoin. My, my friend has a great little computer sits right up, you know, and just uh, had it continuously mining yeah. the mining the internet for for Doge. So do do you know what mining is? Roughly uh, ballpark? Not, not for no. I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to go. It's too complicated. For, for I'm not going to go into brain. it deep. Sean, do you have any background on this at all? No. Yeah, and I'm I, the one guy here who has not yet put any money in cryptocurrency. Okay, but I'm on. The, you're I'm either on we're either going to be laughing at you or you're going to be laughing all day long at us. You know what I mean? Because like there to me. I was one of those people who thought this might be, it still could be a bubble. I'm not saying that it's not going to go up and down and, and pop, but I originally was like, okay, let me get this right. So you've got this thing that doesn't exist, but it does exist and you mine it, but it's really just the internet and and, and here's how we're going to put our money into it and it's going to stay its value. And it, it was just very, I, I don't know, I, I could see the bubble. Then as I started getting more into it and reading more up on it and really getting involved, it was like, no, 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 no. This is about blockchain. This isn't about currency. This is about technology that enables us to continue to democratize the process. I keep using that word because it literally makes it to where, yes, there's hacks and things, but for the most part, it's a smart contract and it's right there and it's done and it's done by third party. So you're not, you know, you can't hold this hand, uh, hold this hostage and you can't choose to give you money, but not you money. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. So, um, that to me is a, a fascinating. I don't even know where it's going to go. Just that it's it's not just for the triviality. Like this is an internet thing. Yeah. It, it, just the fact that it's moved from there into the mainstream has has kind of blown my mind. That of 2017. That 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 has yes. easily been just in the last the two thing. weeks. Yeah. Isn't that the craziest thing? A household name. Yeah. No, that's crazy. You know. And the funny thing is, and of course, to tie it back to startups, this is. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, at, after this break, we're going to come back and talk about fintech and the opportunity with uh, trading Bitcoin futures at the CME and sort of the impact of Chicago's trading community grabbing a hold of this and running with it uh, and some universities that are doing some amazing stuff. Um, but before we do that, you know, one of the things that you just talked about is how this has just exploded in the last couple of weeks. And ICO, which is an initial coin offering, like an IPO, uh, startups are actually using coin to raise capital. And we actually are enabling companies to do that as well with our platform in partnership with Republic. When you go to our showcases, you can go and invest in companies literally right off the stage in coin or in in capital. And um, I don't know. I just this is just crazy. Do you do you see a particular draw to wanting to invest in a company via crypto as opposed to the more traditional routes? Yeah, um, this one I'm not a hundred percent like educated on to where I like know 
what I like where, where I want to be, I should say. Uh, but I do like the ability that you actually own a piece of their technology. So like rather than giving you a piece of paper, I'm like that's it. I actually own like a piece of your currency. And so imagine down the road, let's say I own 15 different currencies from different companies, and I you know fast forward like it may, I want to say down the road like a couple of years, it may not even be that long where uh, cryptocurrencies are good everywhere. I could go buy Bitcoin and then trade Bitcoin or use Bitcoin to buy shares in your company and shares in your company and shares in their company and then trade those shares of your company with another company or for another company. So like it, it's a, it is a completely different way of a completely different way of, of handling the way that we move our money around and like change. I think it could change the entire world as far as like how, how people access and use capital. It's gonna be interesting. And I'm sure that terrifies people. It terrifies I mean, me. I think people are not financially literate enough to begin with. Just imagine them now having to learn how to trade in, in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Well, we're gonna. That's a great, great way to segue this because we're gonna take our break here, and I'm gonna come back and tell you a couple places you can go to actually uh, learn a little bit more about this. So, uh, you're listening to WGN AM 720. I'm Scott Katoon, and these are my my friends and colleagues, Sean and Sam. We'll be back after this break. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. This is Technory Live from WGN Radio. Sitting here with producers Sean Freilich and Sam Fiskers. Welcome to the show, guys. Bring your kids to work day, right? Yeah, this is bring your kids to work day. Oh, my God. I think it's more just like help me out day. You guys are here to kind of give everyone a rundown of what we've missed out on this year and what, what has been cool and happening. Uh, Sam, when we when we left, you were talking about... Um, about the the lack of knowledge or the need to learn uh, a lot about crypto, and I think Chicago is going to be New York. Obviously, is you know Wall Street, um, but I think Chicago is going to be that place where people have the ability to learn about crypto, really unlike anywhere else, because we have all these incubators and things here which are cool, um, but we've got university. We're very university strong, and it's oh, kind yeah. of funny that uh, Kellogg is one of the top you know, business schools in the country, in the world. And Booth is, of course, also one of the top uh, in the world. And IIT, Illinois Institute of Technology, has actually started focusing primarily in the fintech and crypto space and are offering EMBAs and uh, their their law school is one of the tops in tech IP. And they've got, you know, engineering programs and design programs around uh, around crypto and around fintech in general. And so, I, I really you know, like that's a focus for them going forward, and, and we're actually going to try to partner with them. I think to to make that come to fruition. But um, it is to me cool because if you are someone out there listening, you're like I want to learn more about this, you can go to you know Bitcoin.org, you can go to Coinbase, you can do that and like learn how to do it on a, like a kind of a macro level. But if you want to really get into it in, in micro level, there's universities and programs around the city now that you can literally go and learn as much as you can but here's the part that's kind of cool i think and you meant you alluded to it sean earlier is nobody knows so like even though you're going to be going there to get this expert advice the expert advice is only like it's only as good as like technical like here's what mining is here's what this is best practices couldn't tell you i lost all my money like, like yeah. no idea even though all these great universities are offering these programs to educate people on crypto i mean the key word with this is accessibility and that's the point i think we'll look back at 2017 and see that's the year where it all began people may not quite understand the democratization of equity crowdfunding or banking itself but this was, I think 2017 is the turning point. It's the nascent stages. We don't quite get it yet, but I think we can all learn more about it. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I mean, you even talk about just, we, you mentioned it also earlier with Uber. 
This has been a, a, a house clearing year in a lot of ways. You know, the, the Me Too movement, um, the not taking your garbage uh, stuff anymore that, that's going on in the companies. You know, the, for example, we've always suspected we're, we're right across the street from Apple's awesome store. And we've always suspected that they slowed down our devices. And now we find out that they literally designed flaws so that the devices would slow down and we'd get new ones. And people went berserk. Well, and it's not just that the solution is to get a new battery in your phone and they don't make it easy. No, they make it impossible. It could cost more money. it'd It'd be cheaper to go steal somebody's phone and go to jail than it would be to go buy another battery. You ever try to open an iPhone? Uh, no, I had one open uh, once on accident when I threw it against a wall. There you go. That's probably easier than actually trying to safely open an iPhone or replace the battery. <laughs> no, it's but like that's another point of like I think in the past, and this is true. I, I think Apple has some issues with they're their a little out of touch with reality anyway. But uh, which I guess is not a not really that novel of a. They're thought. so powerful they make their own reality, and we have to acquiesce to that yeah but but even like here's the thing though i feel like they they came out and said that like no one's gonna care and it's gonna be fine like they control their own destiny always and i think that like you mentioned we're in a new kind of era and people i i think in the past apple would have said that what they said or they would have just denied it and everyone would just go about their business people are really pissed like there's people lined up outside of of the apple store yesterday picketing with signs <laughs> like this is real and, and I think that's because we're in a stage right now where the, you know, the access to everything is there and we're not going to take uh, companies hiding information from us, selling and breaching our data and selling it and just be like, oh, sorry, guys. Uh, we're not going to take mistreatment at the workplace anymore. We are not going to take, apparently, banks managing your money anymore. Yeah. Sorry, banks. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, Jamie Dimon. Um and you know, and as as founders, when I get really micro, and we talk about the founders and startup companies, we're not going to let you know. To a certain degree, investors are always going to you know dictate terms because you get to a certain level, you need hundreds of millions, and that changes it, you know everything. But we're not going to take a, a person dictating whether or not we're going to make our startup work. In the past, it'd be like I don't know anyone with money, so I can't. Done. You know, I'm a minority founder, and, and I have no access, and no one's giving me money. I'm out. That's not the case anymore. And and that's I think all this stuff is in 2017, which is crazy to think about. That like we wanted to talk about all the top stories and really the only story that we continue to come back to is we ain't going to take no bleep anymore and we're going to do, you know, we're going to we're going to build things around the community. Yeah, I think equity crowdfunding as a whole, it became legal this year for anyone to get involved in it, but it didn't really become a story. I think one because it's difficult to wrap your mind around but there's been a lot of small good stories around people who have been giving been given a leg up when they normally wouldn't have yeah. because this avenue has been opened up to them. So I think it's only going to become more mainstream as we go forward. And, you know, no, I, consider, I, I agree. I consider agree. putting money in. I guess my my touch on that is it's it's important that these uh, things are happening, uh, especially because it's encouraging people to go into startups. Yes. And as we start to see the labor force, like a lot of things are becoming more automated, there's going to be a big need for people to start, you know, taking on their own hustle, so to speak, and, and finding out how to, you know, educate themselves on, like, how can I 
build through like using cryptocurrencies and, so, and stuff like that? And how do I use equity crowdfunding? You have to have uh, that knowledge and, and those skill sets uh, to really excel in your careers. No, a hundred percent. I think that's, you know, maybe we're watching it, you know, maybe the timing is perfect. We talk about the jobs and things changing and the, and the workforce changing. And you look at the the stock market as it's traditionally operating. You're like, it may crash, you know, there's lots of crazy stuff going on. And we're going to have all these people who are out of work. Well, here we are talking about the future. And now there's this future currency, this thing that makes it to where, you know, maybe you can invest in, you can you change the entire way that you move your money around going forward, which is, is interesting to me. Uh, what are some of the things as we close up shop here? What are some of the things that you're looking forward to in 2018? Some things that you, if you could make some bold predictions, what would it be? Uh, well, I think we're not going to see the end of these tearing down of people's misdeeds being uh, hidden from the public's eye. I think Twitter will continue to be a place of influence. Uh, I was just reminded of just like all the hilarious battles and all the big movements that happen on Twitter and buried in all that. You forget about Ted Cruz's account yeah. and his one employee supposedly liking a porn tweet on yeah. Twitter. So I think there's going to be a lot of great Twitter stories going into 2018 and a lot of powerful movements of people coalescing on there yeah well i mean you know we'll also have lots of tweets from the president of the united states which is very important yeah yeah right <laughs> i just leave that very very tremendous very tremendous sam what are you looking forward to oh, thank, thanks for that impression scott no you're welcome yeah i can do that more if you want i think we'll uh just skip straight to the equity crowdfunding piece i think that's actually going to take off this year was a good like starting point for us at least here at technori yep. uh, but i think we're going to host a hell of a lot more uh, equity crowdfunding companies and i think just the sheer number of companies that are going to actually engage in equity crowdfunding especially on uh, platforms such as republic yep it's going to help you know create a nice a, a better niche of companies that is more quality no i, I agree uh, uh i think you know the quality is only going to keep getting better yeah no i agree and i think that's kind of the role we play on the show is to sort of let people know that this exists and that sort of stuff um one of the things that's is particularly interesting to me on this as you mentioned is I always try to gauge like whether I think a technology or something is going to be good based on the people that it impacts response. So like the more I talk to investors about equity crowdfunding and the more they're like, no, it's stupid. It's not going to work. The more I know it's going to be great. You know what I mean? Cause like this, you, if it was, if it was, if you didn't care and it was nothing, yeah. you'd be like, Oh yeah, whatever. You know, it's phase, but you're like, no, no, it's a terrible idea. It's like, Oh, are you mad? Because yeah. we just took all your power away. Is that, is that bad for you? It sounds like a, you mad thing. Yeah, that's like, absolutely. It sounds like a you problem. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I'm seeing more and more of it where mm -hmm. these investors that used to be able to hold a stranglehold on founders. And I mean, this, these are, I could go on for days with this, like the number of stories of founders who have lit, like this sounds so weird. Founders who moved out of the city and into other, like moved to another place because they, you know, had a, had a, an investor who they wronged or they didn't like, or didn't like them. And they like put the kibosh on, their ability to start new companies and get involved with different tech communities because it was so small and it was like if i don't have you know if that person has won't give you their money then nobody you know no one else will and now with equity crowdfunding you don't even have to call an investor you can just do it on your own get started and then then you hold all the cards like i i own the terms uh which flips the coin on on the way that this has worked forever so uh this has been awesome thank you guys for helping put together a 2017 that was so good uh we're gonna have a lot more of this uh going forward and I think the show and, and this city is going to be great in 2018 for tech. And despite outcome health and outcome tower, we'll still 
We'll still be here, and it's going to be great. We'll be doing just fine. I think we're going to be good, yeah. Uh, so if you want to check us out and learn more about it, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Technor. You can follow me, at Katoon. Uh, and, of course, you can always call into this show, WGN Radio Show, 